everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I'm your host, Willie. And with me is my co-host, Mr. Tim Wong. Tim, what's up? Excellent job introing. We were we were shown up last week by Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to that back when I was posting the uh, Tiny Terror this week. She crushed it. <laughs> I was like, what? I know. What is this? We can't uh, have her doing this no, on here. No, no. she's too good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook, guys uh, and gals, and uh, we're glad to have you here. Um, we're going to be doing just kind of a grab bag, free-for-all, fun-type episode this time around. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy those. We enjoy doing them, and uh, you know, it's, if we're being honest, it's it's less homework for us on occasion to do stuff like this, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you dig it. Um, hey, if you've got ideas for the show... If you're tired of this grab bag stuff, if you want more grab bag stuff, if you want more brackets, oh, if you, you want more... You know what I've always wanted to do? What's that? I've even thought about just like making up names. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a mailbag episode. Oh. So if you have any questions for the mailbag... There you go. Not like personal questions, just like questions. Well, we, you can ask them. Oh, yeah, if we feel comfortable. We've... <laughs> We shared a lot of personal things on this podcast, so yeah, I can't imagine much we would not be comfortable sharing. It's not too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there are certain ones uh, that you'll have. You I would lost have to, my like, virginity on a couch. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't. That might be new. I shared that. Well, if you want to write in uh, horrormovieyearbook at gmail dot com, you could ask for more of that story. We're not going to give it away here. Maybe yeah. we'll put that a Patreon a little after dark, a little yeah. HMY after yes. dark. Names will be changed, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure the, otherwise, I'm sure the story of any any virginity lost story is always very saucy, very 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 oh, yeah. hot. Like it, yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. like a penthouse forum. That's you guys let me really... know if you want to know the movie that was on. Well, oh, boy, well it was going down. <laughs> That's a tease. That's a good tease. Yeah. What a dated reference that was by me. The penthouse forum. That's, That's good. Little... <laughs> I'm not mad. Hey, uh, taxi cab confessions. Um, <laughs> But yes, if you uh, if you want to hear more about my uh, my adolescent sex life and uh, you know other topics, please send us some feedback. Email us. We're at horrormovieyearbook at gmail dot com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at hm yearbook. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're all over on YouTube. Probably don't comment on one of the YouTube videos. Uh, you know. If you want us to answer a question, I doubt we'd notice that as much. But yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I haven't been monitoring. Your it best much. bet's to email us yeah. or tweet at us. I feel like those are the two ways that we have the best engagements. Yeah. So I don't advise Twitter most of the time, but in this case, I hop on. And I hop on. And yep. once in a while, uh, like last week, it was very nice. I did not realize. Um, uh, uh, who was it that alerted us? Ah, uh, uh, uh. ah, John. Yes. John alerted us that. Uh, Julian Sands is like he's gone missing. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, it, it's going on three weeks now. Yeah. Um, I read a story today because I've been keeping up, and I, John alerted us on there, uh, and I had no clue. Yeah, but yeah, I was keeping an eye on things, and yeah, it's like going on the third week, and they're like, "Well, we're hoping he prepared for the worst, and he's still up in the mountains surviving." But <sighs> yeah, it doesn't it's not sound looking good. Not looking good, but well, I hope it's we have a uh, miracle situation on our hands. But uh, prayers up for for Mr. Sands. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, send us some feedback. Um, Tim. Yeah, let's. Uh, what's up? 
What are we doing? What are let's, we doing let's talk about uh, the Game Nerds real quick. Yeah. Because I, I want to talk about the Game Nerds. I want to shout them out. They've got a couple of horror related things. They do. Uh, they're talking about Dead Space, the new Dead Space game. That episode is out now. And they are also, it seems like they're cu- keeping up on The Last of Us. The show, yeah. Yeah, because uh, their last episode, they talked about episodes two and three. So check those guys out. I've heard it's, yeah, I've heard it's pretty great. Yeah, I've been keeping up on it. It's very good. I yes. heard episode three was very good. Yes. Yes. You want my hot take? Yeah. I liked episode two more than episode three. I thought episode two was phenomenal. Yeah. And episode three was very good. Are the... Uh are the fungus guys scary and cool and well done? The zombies, the fungus things? Yes. And I think that maybe you know what it is? Episode two was just kind of more my speed, if you get my... A little more action-y and A little stuff. more action-y, a little bit more plot and narrative focused. Three was very good. I, I'm not going to... What I like about the show, too, is like I can... It doesn't feel like a super long movie, in a way. It feels like each episode has felt different so yeah. far, with different good. stuff going That's on. That's what I like. I, I uh, yeah. That. I like watching TV shows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like when they're TV shows, and this has done a very good job of feeling like telling it. It's telling mm-hmm. its larger story, but each episode has felt. I do miss that about traditional shows. Uh, I miss the the. I always think of like Buffy when I think of this, for whatever reason. I, I miss that like overarching season plot that carries you from yeah. through the through the season, but I, but you know. It's also broken up into kind of individual episodes and stories that have their own beginning, middle, and ends. I miss, I miss that. Me it doesn't too. happen as much. The Disney shows are really guilty of that. The Disney shows are really guilty of it. Um, the One of the worst offenders, I thought, was Picard. Okay. Picard just feels like a... The first couple seasons have just felt like a way too long movie. Star Trek script that got drug out. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a movie that's way too long. This is... I've... Yeah, I've been happy with the way this has gone. So cool. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's an art to good television shows. Yeah, and good. It's different in each. She Hulk. So. Since I was ragging on Disney, She Hulk actually felt like yeah, what I was sure. missing a little bit. And you know what? It, it, like just because it it is like it feels like a super long movie doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just uh, not so what I want from it, a TV show. Yes, right. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, uh, check out the game nerds. Also, real quick, I, yeah, I saw this too. Well, again, I don't mean to. Uh, this is the second thing I brought up. This kind of a downer, but I, he was eighty-one years old. I just wanted to mention George P. Wilbur, um, mm. the actor, stuntman. He played uh, the shape in Halloween four and six. Mm. Um, played Michael Myers. Um, so he passed away today at the age of eighty-one. And I wanted to just yeah, I want to say rest in peace to him because like, did you know what he like all of the stuff this guy has been in? It's like a crazy crazy career of like so he was like well he's like a stuntman legend stuntman stunt double stunt coordinator um i didn't realize that this i'm gonna just rattle off Mm -hmm. some of this stuff planet of the apes blazing saddles towering inferno star trek II: the wrath of khan uh beastmaster poltergeist firestarter ghostbusters fletch reanimator nightmare on elm street part five uh dr giggles there's the classic right there uh mars attack spider-man um cheap thrills Uh, oh yeah uh, Travis Stevens, he was um, Travis Steven, who, who was the producer. He's a director too. He did the uh, CM Punk movie, and mm. um, he did the oh shoot, I'm blanking on it right now. The Barbara Crampton vampire movie that I really liked a couple years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he yep. directed that, but he was his uh, father-in-law. I guess I didn't know that oh. either. But yeah, um, Halloween Four. He's probably so he's one of the. So how many people now have played Michael Myers oh, the man. shape multiple times? Because I think he was the first technically. Because Nick Castle t- 
took a very long break in between. Yeah, Nick Castle wasn't involved in two. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he would would have been the first person, and then it would have been Tyler Maine. Tyler Maine, and then James Jude Courtney. Yes. He's played him multiple times. And then times. I guess Castle technically now has done it too. So he was the one. So he played him in four, then he played him again in six. I think he was like a stunt coordinator. He did some stunt work on five. But didn't play. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like I'll say this like too, he's uh, he's the one I've seen probably the most his performances because four, five, six ran twenty four hours a day at AMC, <laughs> AMC. growing up. So he's probably the one I'm most familiar with. And uh, he's he's probably the uh, he's probably the best. His his Michael Myers in four probably feels the closest to um that original Castle performance. Right. Well, I think. Yeah, the mask isn't great. That's the bummer. I don't love the mask in that movie. In four? Uh, yeah. Five's is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, he he missed five. Yeah, maybe he saw the mask and he's like, I'm going to step back. <laughs> Do Let's see what else. I'll come back. Show me what you got for six. Do better next time. <laughs> I'm not wearing that thing. Um, or maybe that was the problem was the mask was like made for him. Right. And then he couldn't do it. And so like that's why it's so ill-fitting on the guy who actually... <laughs> Anyway, Don Shanks, I believe, is... Don Shanks is five? I believe five, five yes. Um, gosh, I, I think I'm right about that, too, which is really sad. Um, anyway. R.I.P. Yeah, he... Um, Mr. Wilbur. Yeah, I remember... Yeah, I've seen him a couple times in certain interviews, and I remember he was the one, too, with Daniel Harris who would take his mask off to show her, like, he wasn't so scared, yeah, like, I'm a real cool. person, because she would get kind of scared on set. So that's cool. By all accounts, he, he was a very sweet guy, and uh, yeah, he made a mark in movies. I just wanted to mention that, because I saw Absolutely. it before. Planet of the Apes, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah, I think he's one of the, I think he's what, uh, he's in Ghostbusters too. I think he's in the lawyer scene with the awesome. Scolari brothers. Awesome. Love that scene. He's <laughs> the Scolari brothers. <laughs> that's not him, but. <laughs> no. That's great, though. So yeah, rest in peace. Uh, quite the career. All right. Sorry. What else? Oh, what else we got going? You want to talk about what we've been watching? Sure, let's do it. Willie, what have you been watching? Um, so I'm, I'll get through. I'll briefly get through the non-horror stuff because I want to focus on the horror, or horror, you know, tangentially horror. I guess. Yeah. I did watch Bullet Train. I thought it was a ton of fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, I never thought I would say this in a sentence. Uh, the movie's at its best when Aaron Taylor Johnson is on screen. This is scaring me. So. <laughs> it is though. It's scaring me because I've heard his name thrown around for James Bond, and it's, oh. I'm really worried. <laughs> yeah, well, he's very good in Bullet Train. Yeah. It's the first time I've seen him, and I'm like, wow, all right, ATJ, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, him and Brian Tyree Henry are really funny. Um, so I checked that out and uh, liked it. And uh, now onto the horror and horror, you know, I guess in the same realm. I did watch a heavy metal documentary. Okay. Which, you know, horror and heavy metal go together. For sure, for sure. Um, it was a documentary about uh, the guitar player Randy Rhodes, uh, probably most famously known as uh, when he played for Ozzy Osbourne. After Ozzy Osbourne was kicked out of Black Sabbath for his issues, um, Ozzy went on to uh, release a ton of albums, still releasing music, um, but that first one, I mean, you know, like Bark at the Moon and... Uh, just like crazy train and just amazing, amazing Aussie music out there. Yeah. Um, I'm an Aussie fan. I like Aussie. Mr. Crowley. Oh, love it. Um, but uh, Randy Rhodes, I, what I did not know about him was that uh, 
first of all, I never realized how he, just how young he was. He was like 22 when he died. Um, and I also did not realize that he got his start in Quiet Riot. Um, he was a guitar player for Quiet Riot, which I did not know. Um, not that I knew a ton about him personally before before uh, seeing this, but yeah, I did not realize that. I'd always just kind of known him as, you know, Ozzy's guitar player. Um, but uh, it's a cool documentary. I mean, it's it's just one of those... He's one of those guys who, like, if you are familiar with his work, then generally you have him on the list of, like, one of the best guitar players, like, all time. He's up there, certainly. Um, but a lot of people might not realize who he is, you know? And so I thought it was really interesting. And uh, he he was just, he seemed like a really cool guy, a really incredibly talented, but incredibly humble and always, like, trying to learn more. Like, despite the fact that he was as good as he was, he was always trying to push himself, like, to learn more about being he, a guitar player. So he was young when he was he died too. I think he was like twenty two. Twenty two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was killed in a plane crash. Yeah. Um and that's <laughs> another thing I didn't know. I mean I knew he died in a plane crash. Uh I did not know the details of the plane crash. Um they stopped the tour bus um at somebody's house. It was a record producer or somebody's house, uh, to rest up in the middle of the tour and Somebody there, there was a, there, so the, the guy owned a plane, like a small, like th- four passenger plane or something. Yeah. And one of the numbskulls there was like, I know how to fly. And like started taking people up for fly, for rides in the plane and like skimming really close to the tour bus and stuff. And then like Randy Rhodes went up there and, and another woman also. And uh, yeah, he just got too brazen with flying the plane. He crashed it into the mansion. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> crazy um very sad very yeah sad. i did not know the details of that i didn't either <laughs> um i just hear a plane crash and i assumed that it was like like a group of musicians were like a yeah like yeah. a day the music type situation but no it was not that um didn't skinner, the guy from skinner die in a plane crash too i think a few of those guys died in a bus accident was it bus okay yeah a couple of guys on, on in the band i believe um yeah but uh no, it was interesting. Uh, they get into some. F- there's some fun bits about how uh, Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes did not like each other. Oh like, no! <laughs> like, not even at all. Well, they would have been coming up around the same time. Yep. Yeah. Playing the same clubs and stuff, and you know, a- Eddie Van Halen made some comments about how he didn't think Randy Rhodes was all that good. Com- you know, like yeah, he's not as good as people make him out to be. And yeah. Randy Rhodes is like pissed. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of funny how there is. I mean, there's kind I mean, of Eddie's like a, one of the best of it all time too. But but like I mean, you get it, that feels like sports. Yes, me. that feels like yeah. One like the Jordan documentary. Yeah, it feels like. But you get those people that are so driven to be the best at what they do that yeah, sometimes they they will not give other people credit for anybody what they, else who is trying to be the best is yeah. or they'll begrudgingly do it or they'll do they'll find reasons to hate the other. That's like when like Michael Jordan. Was, would like make up things in his head like in the documentary he like made up something that somebody said and the guy was like I never said that at yeah. all and Michael finally admitted like yeah he never said that I just used it as motivation and it's psychotic but it's also like that's a little peek inside the mind of some of these of somebody who's that super much super talented yeah. and super driven like it's kind of amazing Eddie Van Halen <laughs> yeah 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 like Eddie yeah um, but anyway yeah that was that was cool um, I kind of kept up the documentary kick and i watched um um pennywise the story of it 
How which was I had the... started watching okay. at one point, and I I like got pulled away as can happen sometimes, and I never was able. I never like jumped back into it. So I finally watched the whole thing. Are these both on Prime? Yes, these are both free okay. on Prime. Yeah, the one is Randy Rhodes' reflections of a guitar icon, correct? Yes, I believe okay. so. And this is Pennywise. The story of it. The story of it. Okay. Yes, this is from the same guys who did uh, the documentary on the Pet Cemetery film. And had you have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. It's good. The problem with the Pet Cemetery one is they couldn't get any footage rights to the movie. Gotcha. So they have to rely on like still photography and stuff, and it's right. Like, it's a well done documentary, but there's there there's major limitation there with not being able to use clips and stuff. In my opinion, um, this one is able to do that. So cool. But no, it's great. I mean, they they it's 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 a lot of fun seeing uh the the child actors grown up uh it's pretty cool to see them all like because i mean most of those kids i only there's a handful i knew from other you know seth green obviously um jonathan brandis another r.i.p um yeah uh and then uh emily um perkins i knew from like the ginger snaps movies and stuff but most for the most part the kids were kids i did not know from any other projects so it's kind of fun to see them like at the ages they would be if they were the grown up losers club. It's kinda kinda neat. Um and then uh you know, they interview um all the surviving cast members basically. I mean everybody John Ritter obviously has passed so that he was not involved and uh Harry Anderson as well. But uh I think the rest of the adult cast is all interviewed. Represented, yeah. I believe so. Um you know, Tim Reed, who's one of my favorites. I love Tim Reed. Yeah. Um he uh he's interviewed and he's they just they all have some really cool they all have some really cool memories of of the filming of the movie and the development of it and uh Romero's involvement in it early on and why he wound up leaving and um yeah it's just it, it's a it's a cool documentary and uh Tim Curry is an absolute delight oh good to okay. to to hear um you know he's had some health problems and stuff, but he's yeah. he's interviewed and he's he seems to be he's spry, man. He's 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 you know I know he's some physical limitations, but man, he's still got it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, he's telling a story. <laughs> he's telling a story about when they were shooting the. Uh, I'll leave you with this. This is fun. Uh, when they were shooting the uh, the Georgie scene uh, right. with the paper boat, and. Uh, they did the first take, and the little boy was getting upset and saying, "Tim, you're scaring me. Please, you know, you're scaring me." And then Tim Curry's response is, "Well, it'll save you some acting, won't it?" <laughs> so, so uh, the opposite of uh, Halloween Four with Daniel Harris. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, just a total dick. And he says, like, he's the one saying that he <laughs> he did. It, yeah. yeah, he's proudly <laughs> Tim Curry rules. Um, but yeah, you know, it was fun. And there's, of course, a big section, like an entire section of the documentary devoted just to the spider. Perfect. What went wrong? <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> they all have different uh, different um, opinions on what went wrong there, depending on who you ask. Um, it's kind of fun hearing everybody not blame other people, but like the effects guys are like, spider was great. Like... This is this is honestly though. You touch on something that's one of my favorite parts of any like retrospective documentary, yeah. which is it's always somebody else's. Yeah, like it's it's always somebody else's fault. It's somebody else either. It's always somebody 
different taking credit for something. Yeah. Or always somebody blaming. Yeah. I love the Scream Factory DVDs. Uh, yes. They're great. And I love the interviews and I love the people involved with them. But I swear to you, it's 95% of those documentaries. There is a part, a section where they go, the marketing guys just didn't get it. <laughs> so sweet. Like, yeah, you know what, guys? They probably there's probably not much you can do with some of these movies. Yeah, so I've I've seen some of the movies that that Scream Fact releases, and I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. anybody would fully get them. Um, that's funny, but uh, yeah, the Pennywise doc was cool, and then I uh, they've I, done they've done oh sorry they've no. done a couple other ones as well. The Hell on Earth, the story of Hellraiser three, which is really good. I have not I've seen I've seen the the Hellraiser one and two docs. Yeah, I think they're called Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah. Those are on uh, Shudder. Yeah. But I have not seen the Hellraiser 3 one. Is that on Prime as well or no? I mean, is it free or is it, you know, I wonder. Um, Didn't see it listed, but. And you know what? To be honest with you, I may be getting this mixed up with the Leviathan doc. Okay. Either way. They also. I'm sure this is good too, but they also did the uh, You're So Cool Brewster, the Fright Night doc. The Fright Night one. Which I've not seen. No, I want to see that. I wanted to watch the Pennywise one. I just haven't got around to that yet. And they did a RoboCop one, it looks like. Oh, sweet. Yeah. There's another uh, group that did a Return of the Living Dead series documentary retrospective that I want to watch. Okay. And they also did, um, uh, I believe, a creep show documentary. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to check those out, I think that's on either Shudder or Prime, one of the two, I want to say. Yeah, I want to watch these because I I, I love this kind of stuff. And you you don't get, sadly, like, like, other than, you know, like, your uh, Scream Factory type, you know, like, boutique releases. I don't know what else to call them. Um, Your kind of niche collector releases. You don't get this stuff on Blu-rays anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to be able to watch this kind of stuff and just so you know, the hellraiser 3 one uh i think i was getting confused in my head with leviathan so the, i i thought it was like the first oh, leviathan's very good hellraiser 3 i think that was included in a dvd like their okay. documentary was included what they directed was included in like a dvd release of hellraiser okay 3. but leviathan is very good yes very good. <laughs> yes but i don't think it was that i want to give them credit for it so do you have like what are your favorite like documentaries like that like retrospective style documentaries oh man um do you still hold uh, Crystal Lake memories up as like kind of the gold standard. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, I'm in the same. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, to be fair, the the nightmare one by those guys is very good too. The nightmare on Elm Street. Never one. sleep again. Yeah, that is really good. Those two are both really. Good. They also did Still Screaming, which is good, but Still Screaming was like before they did those, and they hadn't quite hit. Right, I would agree. That, yeah, Still Screaming is very good. Yeah, but That's it's not the quite Scream as, documentary. Yeah. Yes, on, is that the first? Three going into four? Or I believe that... so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would like them to go back and like... Do it again. Yeah. Do it again, <laughs> yeah. um, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, those two are kind of the gold standard. The other one that I always think about too that I think is um, worth mentioning are uh, Document of the Dead, oh, which was okay. filmed during the filming of Dawn, 78. It's so insane to see like footage of that movie like as it's being shot. Like it's like his, like that's like a historical record in my opinion. Like it's super important. <laughs> yeah, Document of the Dead's really good. Um, so yeah, those are some of my favorites. What was the other one? Oh, you know what? This, I, this is not a retrospective, so never mind. But they just it reminded me they put In Search of Darkness three up. 
Oh, uh, shutters. And like those are like kind of exhaustive in some ways. I think they're fun. You only get a little they're exhaustive like with the amount of what they cover, but not yeah. necessarily movie they're fun watches. I like them in the same way that I like like the history of horror stuff and the uh yeah, scariest I like that movie stuff. stuff. Yeah, I like those I are do, never my favorites. Right. Yeah. I like if I want to dive in deep, yeah, I'm going Crystal Lake Memories route, but the longer the better. Yeah. Like I like I, I <laughs> I will watch hours upon hours of documentary on stuff that I'm interested in. Like, I don't, it doesn't, I don't get tired of it. I just take a break and yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. But yeah, Crystal Lake Memories is kind of like as good as you can. I don't know how you can outdo that. Is there, are there any franchises we haven't got one Halloween? That's okay. I couldn't, yeah. That would be a beast. Yes. (laughs) Like, we've never really had one for TCM either, have we? No, I don't think so. Um, that would be a strange one too, man. There are some amazing stories from that first one. Yeah, though that first you could just do a full on yeah a full on documentary at that first movie. Um, the Gunner that reminds me the Gunner Hansen book called Chainsaw Confidential is awesome, is and it good. has a ton of really really fun backstage that's awesome. or back behind the scenes stories, not backstage. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, about where they shot. I mean, they shot right next. They shot on a weed farm. That's right. John Larroquette <laughs> was paid with a joint. Yes, <laughs> which is pretty. Sweet. Yes, he's been he's been all over the place telling that story because uh, he's got the new night court. Oh, and, uh, it's an excuse for him to talk a little TCM. Amazing. Yeah, man. John Larroquette, he's still still on primetime TV. Good Millions him. watching him every week. Good for him. <laughs> he's he's he really went he really pulled it off. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, oh, and then I watched um. Today, actually, I watched uh, American Scream, which is a documentary, another one on Amazon. Is that um, the Haunted House one? Yes, but I've seen a couple Haunter documentaries. This one I had not seen before. This okay. is about home haunters. Like, um, There are like two or three different documentaries about like at-home haunters, and this one I had not seen. Explain to me at-home haunters. I'm not familiar with this. So it's... It's not... Uh, it's not just somebody like putting up decorations for Halloween. Okay. Even like elaborate ones. It's ones people who like convert their like driveways and garages and backyards into like haunted houses every year for Halloween. So like like with like walkthroughs. Like people like walk like when you go pay to go to like one of these, you know, haunted houses during Halloween season with actors and costumes and stuff, they do it at their house. Okay. Yeah. And but like it's insane the amount of work and effort they put into this stuff, like and and like, like you can just tell like the the one guy's wife is very tired. <laughs> she's she's really what a bad yeah. She's she's happy that he's so happy and and that he's got a passion, but she's also pretty exhausted. It's one of those things where she's like, yeah, this was not in the wedding vows. No. no. <laughs> so um, it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, pretty light. But uh, kind of fun to see, man, some of these guys are, they're interesting characters. I think you have to be to put the amount of work they put into, uh, I mean, they're they're building their own animatronics and, like, building, like, buildings, like, architectural, like, it's crazy. It's it's nuts, the, the work they put into them, so. You ever wanted to do that? Um, in a world with, yeah, I mean, of course it's, it's in a world with unlimited resources and energy and time. (laughs) So, so apparently I don't want to do it that badly. I like the idea of doing stuff like this. 
but then like what I even when I'm getting my Halloween decorations out I'm every over year, it already. I'm like, oh, I gotta take these down. Like, <laughs> I actually love putting them up. Like, putting them up is fantastic. putting stuff up is fun. But then I go, damn, I have to take it down. I gotta take this down, and that's why the my, the Christmas decorations stay up. <laughs> I gotta box it all up and yeah. shit. Um, no, I but I do have. I've always wanted to do every year to do a themed, like set up in my yard you know like change it every year mm. I had an idea for a the first one I want to do in my pipe dream of actually doing this one year is a Halloween 3 theme I want to build a little Stonehenge section out of foam okay put it in the front get some lights on it to make it look like it's lighting up and stuff and then I want to set up an old um, uh, like box TV yeah in the front yard and have it playing on a loop the uh, Halloween 3 okay the uh, Silver Shamrock jingle and then I was hoping to get some uh, you know like some animatronic things and put the Halloween masks on them and have them like you know grabbing their heads and stuff like ah, like they're watching the you get some like fake snakes and fake, like, creepy crawlers. You have one yeah. of the kids dead, you know, with the snakes crawling out and stuff. Yeah. Like, even, like, get, like, one of those remote control snakes that can crawl out of the mask at people. Um, and then I would dress up as Connell Cro- Cochran, of course. <laughs> Just yeah. stand outside. Handing out candy. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, maybe have a jump scare situation where you have somebody dressed up as one of the robot guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to do a scream one, too. I could, uh, yeah. I wanted to have somebody, like, somebody literally in the the Letterman's jacket tied up in a chair in my front yard, like from the beginning of the movie, and then uh, have a phone uh. like sitting on a table that like says pick me up, and then when they pick it up, I call them and I start doing the, you know. Yeah. I just wanted you to know you do this, and I'm going to come here. I'm going to film the documentary and interview Nikki, and she's just going to be like, I'm happy he's happy. <laughs> she's going to be the lady from American Scream as you, as you are dressed up as Carl Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> Stonehenge sacrifices <laughs> must be made on Sam Hain. Um, <laughs> see, I'm practicing anyway. But no, if I did it, I'd want to. I, I I could not. There are two settings for me when it comes to that kind of thing. You either half-ass it and just throw some fun, some cute. Not even half-ass it. Just throw some fun, whimsical decorations up, like I do. Throw some fake tombstones and some cobwebs up, and, and a couple jack lanterns, and call it a day. Yeah. Or, or or you go all out. There yeah. can be no in between. So I just haven't pulled the trigger on all out. I probably won't, but anyway. Um, oh, Killer Clowns themed year would be really good, too. Yeah. Tim, yes. what have you been watching? All right, so we're going to start um, in Japan. We're going to go, we're going to do a little bit of bouncing oh, around. Oh, my. Japan. Take me on a trip. We are going to start with a movie called Signal 100. Signal 100. So this is on, it's on Screambox. Now, Screambox is the bloody disgusting streaming service. I'm familiar with Screambox. Terrifier, too. So, I like they had like a deal where like you could get three months for like eight dollars, and I was like, "That's what Terrifier Two costs anyway." Pull the trigger, and I've gotten my money's worth just by watching Terrifier Two. <laughs> everything else is just a bonus. Everything, everything else right now for the next couple months is a bonus. Um, this is a movie that is new. That it's a Screenbox exclusive. It's new to America. It actually came out in Japan in 2019, so it's been out for a couple years. Oh, um, interesting. This is the plot. So it's like a group of they're a group of like high school students over in Japan, and they're hypnotized to commit suicide on unknown command. Oh. So think like it is, 
the obvious wow. comparison is Battle Royale. A lot of this, sure. uh, yeah, something like Suicide Club yep. too, as well as the other thing that came to, came to mind. There's, a, it's I had fun with it, um, and that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, about yeah, I got you. There, yeah, obviously suicide is a sensitive subject, and so mm-hmm. if you're sensitive to that, this is not the movie to watch because right. it it plays some of it for thrills and right. even kind of laughs at one point. Like there's. There's one where a, a guy puts a light bulb in his mouth and his head like expands, like it starts glowing and then it blows up. And you're like, it's the most ridiculous thing in the movie. You kind of laugh at it. Because it's, it's so insane. <laughs> it's also, but so there, yeah, there are some like funny deaths in that way, but then it is, um, it is obviously it's a dealing with suicide. It's kind of a downer. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. it does a couple clever things. Like there's a kid that's he he knows the uh, he knows kind of the triggers. He knows kind of the prompts for the people. Okay. He finds out what what causes what causes people to commit suicide, and he kind of uses them to his advantage hmm. to become like the last person standing. I thought that was kind of clever. It it has a lot of like it has a lot of uh, Japanese horror trademarks. It's got like I mean things happening in a school. Mm-hmm. I mean, suicide is actually I mean it's a that's trademark, a Japanese word, trademark. Yeah. Trademark. Um, it, the teacher hypnotizes them with a DVD. He shows them like a DVD. Um, so it's got kind Evil of that technology, that ring tech, that kind of old. Yeah. By now, it's like old technology DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like the VHS was back yep. in the day. Um, but yeah, evil technology is a is a Japanese thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of lost me a little bit more as it went along. It got a little bit more. It kind of. It tones down. It gets a little bit more serious, and obviously that's the way these things go. It's not up there with something like a battle royale, though. Even though it's pretty yeah. heavily, I would say, yeah, kind of inspired by it. But um, I dug it. It's uh, yeah, Signal One Hundred. That's Signal on there. 100. Okay. Um, it's no verses then. No, it's not. It's not verse. <laughs> but another versus similar. Rules. Yeah, another similar. And you can check out our verses episode. Uh, wherever That's right. you get your podcast. That's right. And I think we uploaded that one to YouTube a long time ago. So Yes. <laughs> and when it came out. Uh, the other thing I have been watching is I'm in a... So, I go, okay, here's my, here's my reasoning for this, I think. I've always kind of like... I've always respect... I'm an anime respecter. I have never... Yes. Outside of like Cowboy Bebop, which I really enjoyed, and like a couple episodes here and there of certain things. Have and you a couple watched movies. The, the whole Cowboy Bebop? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's that's the one anime that you've like all start the to way. finish. Yeah, okay. I've watched. Okay, and I really liked it. I've always like respected it, but there's part of me like as I as I age, I've been thinking to myself like, I'm gonna be like, I, like I think of I put myself in like my dad's shoes when mm-hmm. superhero movies started coming out because when he was uh, younger, when he was younger, like superhero movies weren't a thing and comic books were kind of their own little thing. And I start thinking like, what's going to be like the big thing when I get old that yeah. I don't understand that's going to be taking the world, like, yeah. that's going to be huge at the box office because superheroes are going to have their day and I'm sure they'll still be made in 20 years. But it won't be as... It won't be like no. it is has been for the last 10 or 15 years. And the two things that come to mind are video games... I think video game movies will probably grow. We could finally get to that point where they're where know. they start to where they start to grow and take over. And the other thing I think of is anime because like when I see like when I go to places where young people are, I do see a lot of like anime shirts, manga like, yeah, everywhere, manga anime shirts. I wonder if if it's just it's just going to take that one American filmmaker filmmaker to crack the code of how to really adapt an anime to. So that's the thing is comic book movies, superhero movies, 
got off to a uh, they have a bumpy start, but like yes. they had been around for. I mean, you had the old serials, but like that first Superman movie, the Donner Superman movie, is like was a respected movie yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, like it wasn't winning Academy Awards. For no, best but picture people liked anything, it, but, and it but, was yeah commercially but, successful. And I think critically, yes, it's yeah. going to take something like that and honestly I, I mean you can do it with some of the stuff that i've read and seen about i mean couple with hip has a lot of really yeah. like deep interesting stuff in it um yeah. but it's going to take and i didn't watch the netflix show um okay. but it's go it's going to take i think i with you it's going to take something like that kind of live action to break into the mainstream and i think it will happen at some point but i, I think it will too i think it's just anime is just hard to adapt a lot That's the thing. It's because yeah. yeah, it's also coming from a different culture too. Yeah, right. Anyway, I've been watching Demon Slayer on Netflix. I've heard of it. Yeah, um, haven't seen it. But. It's very geared towards kind of adolescent boys, teen teen boys. Um, I believe it's called like a shonen manga. Is what okay. it's called. Um, but it's got some. There's some gorgeous animation. The the plot is really cool. Like he's. Um, He's kind of, he's a demon slayer. He's yeah. running around, but you know what? Like these demons, like they give the demons backstories, and like you kind oh, of cool. you kind of yeah. It's got there's some there you have some sympathy for the demon. That's cool sympathy for the devil, if you will. But um, but also it's not like it's not like one episode is based around. It's not like a demon of the week style thing. They they do it in kind of arcs as well. Um, so you get you get a little bit more time with that's these cool. stories and the characters involved in them. Um, this is a fun show. I I watch. I've just been kind of throwing it on and it's it's something that i saw it on, yeah it's one of those things i saw it on netflix i've always wanted to watch a little bit more anime and i throw it on so i do watch the dub though i'm a real casual when it comes to this well, i do i watch dubs too <laughs> sometimes i'm doing so, the thing is like i'm probably working I'm or doing, doing chores st- yeah i'm working i'm doing stuff um when i have a, honestly when i watch most things now i'm doing other things yes. so i can't Unless it's late at night or early in the morning, yeah. like I can't throw on something where I have to. No, it's read. pretty. It's pretty tough to to pull it off anymore. Right. You know. All right. So we're out of. Well, uh, that's come, fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Last thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. I'll watch Castlevania because it rolls. Oh, you know what? I did watch the first two seasons of Castlevania. It is yeah. sweet. Yes, I gotta watch the last one. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Yellow Jackets. I finished. I wanted to mention that. Awesome. Um, and I wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, and anybody else that was like, I don't want to pay for Showtime. Showtime's being folded into Paramount Plus, which is yes. Kind the new of- name is Paramount Plus with Showtime. <laughs> with Showtime. <laughs> what the? F- Why don't you just call it Paramount Plus and then put the Showtime branding just as, as a part hub. of the. Yeah, I don't. It's like how they they do it with a bunch of stuff, right? It's because for, they're just going to keep it called that for a little while until, until people, people realize. Get realize, yeah. but and, it's still very silly. And this is what's going to happen. We've talked about this for a little bit. Like this is going to happen too. A lot of these streaming services are going to start to merge, yes. and a lot of these premium channels um, that are on linear TV are going to start to team up with. Yep. I mean, HBO already has theirs, but eventually you'll yep. see stars go on Peacock or whatever. You know what I mean? So, um, but it's bound to happen. But now it. It is probably easier for a lot of. It will be easier for a lot of people to watch and catch up before season two hits. Um, and this yeah. is great. <laughs> like the show, it yeah. ended. It ended how I wanted it to. Like it's that's awesome. If I had a complaint, it's that the mystery probably unfolds a little slowly for my pace. But that's because I'm impatient too. <laughs> so I'm really impatient. The performances, Melanie Linsky is really good. I mean, the performances across the board are. Is Christina Ricci in it too? She's so good at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she I plays. love Christina. I miss Christina Ricci. What's that? I miss Christina Ricci. She's been. Uh, she was, was just in Wednesday as well. She was had a, she okay? Uh, she had a kind of a. 
supporting role in Wednesday. And That's fun. She's fun in that too. She kind of plays similar characters in both. Okay. Um, but she's really uh, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, across the board, and the music is phenomenal. It's all '90s music. Oh, and, wonderful. Um, yeah, I think it's like the other thing with the mystery unfolding slowly too is like in this age of everything getting canceled like uh shows getting canceled not you're kind of like you're kind of like guys don't like yeah like i don't like i you, we don't know how long you have to don't tell this too, story yeah, don't get too ambitious <laughs> like yeah when you were on showtime like showtime will let you go uh but now you now you're teaming up with one of the big boys like now you're on showtime plus showtime Paramount plus with showtime like they can axe you anytime, anytime because these want. these streamers are getting rid of they're cutting the fat right dude now. it's it, insane but i think this one is that's kind of the thing is i i've like I kind of have to wait until something either gets renewed for at least another season or catches on enough w- with like the mainstream that I'm like, okay, I can jump on here yeah. and feel safe. Yeah, I, do, I, I don't jump right on things anymore. I can't, I can't do I, I can't. I don't want to get so invested and then wind up <clears throat> like Nikki and I were watching Reboot. Oh, yeah. On Hulu. <laughs> yeah. I got canceled. Yeah. yeah no, that's a bummer. I mean, we liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. The cast is very good. Right. So, but it was like, like oh, shit, it's gone. Oh, all right. Has okay. Nikki ever watched Crazy Ass Girlfriend? I'm uh, I'm sure. Okay, it's it's um the one woman Rachel Bloom who's in Reboot. Okay, she is the I think she was the creator, the head writer on that show, and it's kind okay. of like a musical. It uh, it's a fantastic show. I think she's. Nikki, I mean, I'll, I'll ask. Yeah, she's seen a lot of it. Okay, <laughs> by by it I mean TV. <laughs> It's amazing. That's, that's all right. I kind of I I, kinda, I get it now. Like, it's incredible how many shows she's watched. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't even know how many she's... It's, it's nuts. It's amazing. Anyway. The last thing I want to touch on, because it's going to lead us into our big uh, discussion here. Yeah. It's not really going to be... It's going to be a kind of fun segment here, because yeah. I don't have a ton to say about this. It's The Lair. This is Neil Marshall's ah, new movie. Neil. Neil with his wife, um, Charlotte Kirk, who he's made his last couple movies with. Uh, I think she co-wrote this I one. I was married to... Um, gosh, female director, not, not her, but it, God, I, anyway, sorry. No, no, now you have it Googling it because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get this wrong here. Yeah, I'm, um, I, maybe I'm mistaken. I could be very, very mistaken. Okay. So she, they're not, I don't think they're married. Okay. But they are, while living in LA, Kirk met film and director Neil Marshall. They began dating in 2018. They got engaged in 2019. Okay. So maybe they are. So they've got, they've done their last couple movies. They did a movie called The Reckoning together in 2020. Okay. Um, this well, is, who was the what was the the right, now um, we're looking up uh, the horror anthology that was all female directors. XX. Yes, I thought that that Neil was married to one of the directors from that film. I, I could be. To- I must be completely wrong. No. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. We're probably on a tangent now that we don't That's even. Sorry, right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking this up. Axel, so Roxanne Ben. Oh, are you thinking of uh, Jovanka Vukovic? No, Axel something or is her name. So Axel. there's Roxanne Benjamin, Karen Kusama, and Saint Vincent. Those were the directors from XX. Am I making this up? <laughs> All right, Neil Marshall marriages. No, we're gonna we're gonna figure out. We're gonna, I must be crazy. We need I don't some know. hot goss on this podcast on this episode. Right, time I called out Matt Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> Axel Carolyn. Okay. Yeah, I thought he was married to Axel. He was until 2016. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. so I was right. Okay, uh, she, good. Uh, so, 
What? I feel vindicated now. So she was Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. Yes. Damn it. Yeah, and she worked with him. Yeah, in Doomsday. And uh, I thought she was on XX. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You, I apologize. I'll tell you what, though, I like I like his movies better when he was with her. <laughs> but hopefully, they're all happy. Yes, that's what's most important. Um, this is better than the last movie he did, The Reckoning. Which I haven't I, seen that either. Yeah, don't. <laughs> so there's okay. So here's the thing. He made a bomb. <laughs> Critically and commercially with Doomsday. Hellboy. Oh, well, Doomsday too, but Hellboy was kind of another big- Oh my big... God, he did that Hellboy movie. So remember his career? So yeah, he started off with like Dog did Soldiers. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, and? No, I did You know, I wanted to like it because I like everybody involved and yeah. I like David Harbour as Hellboy. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I know some people have kind of, I've seen some people, it's, it's got his fans, um, but no, I, I just, yeah. I didn't hate it, but yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So it bombed. It bombed. So uh, there's part of me that likes that he's gone back. He's kind of gone back to the well. He's done what we've said, like some like Peter Jackson should do, which is kind of go back and make something a little smaller. Go yeah, back to your I think roots. it's good for directors to do it Ow, on occasion. So he's done that a couple times. This feels like he's going back. There's a little bit of the descent in here. There's a little bit of dog soldiers in here, but also like it is really cheap. I'm talking like it feels at times like a sci-fi. Oh, S-Y-F-Y no. movie. And maybe it's because it has Jamie Bamber from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, that must be but, it. Uh, it has some really bad, really poor CGI. Uh, the monster is kind of dull. I know I sound like I hate it. I didn't hate it because it's it's pretty, it's watchable. Like I finished okay. it. Uh, what was? Oh, this was on Shudder. And it, yeah, honestly though, I don't know if I would have finished it if it wasn't directed by Neil Marshall, who yeah. I was a, a fan of back in the day. Um, huh. It's got some decent gore, but yeah, I I didn't like this. But what I wanted to do here, yes, Neil Marshall. I've got some directors. He was a part. I mean, you remember when those first two the movies of Heck. yeah, or is that yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some names here, and some of them are <sighs> involved in what you're talking about. That kind of splat pack. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. of them may be kind of just outside of that. Right. But do you remember the hype around O'Neill uh, among certain? Uh, Genre fans. Oh yeah. After yeah. Dog Soldiers and especially the Descent, I think. Well, Dog. So yeah, I think I think usually you have to have that one-two combo, right? Because no, people don't generally. People can get hyped about a movie like a debut feature, right? Um, I'll use uh, Jordan Peele. Right. Like Get Out. Like people were like losing it over Get Out, right? And of course, people were excited to see what he did next, but he was not Jordan Peele, the horror maestro, until. He had two back to back that people generally liked, right? Um, same goes with like Eli Roth is a perfect example of that. Like Eli did Cabin Fever, and it was like a lower budget like movie that kind of took off, and people were interested in him. But then once he once he hit Hostel after that, people were like, Eli Roth is the next. You know what I'm saying? I remember Eli Roth as a good example because he was getting hyped as like. The next, uh, I want to say after Captain Fever, like there wasn't there someone calling him like the next. Oh, what was it? What were they or the next master of horror? I, yeah, I thought like I thought Sam Raimi was the one in the pull quote, but I, I'm probably wrong. But you get my you mm-hmm. get the idea. I remember they put it in there because I think it was a pull quote from Peter Jackson. <laughs> yes, who who called him like the next great voice in horror? Yes. So there were, and I'm talking about. I've got the group I've pulled from is kind of the er the 2000s. 
the mid 2000s. Uh, yes. Early 2000s to the mid 2000s. 2000 to about 2005, maybe a little bit of 2006 in here. Okay. I want to start with Neil Marshall. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you. Sure. And we're going to talk a little bit about each of these people for uh, quick. And I'm going to just going to ask, do you think they lived up to the hype? Do you think they exceeded the hype? Or do you think they did not live up to oh, the hype? Oh, man. All, All right. right. So first up, we're going to talk about Neil Marshall. And I'm talking, like, let's put ourselves, like, around the time Dog Soldiers and The Descent sure. have come out. Like, So do you think since then, in the last 20 years, I think now we can judge fairly, do you think Neil Marshall has lived up to the promise and the hype of those two movies? No. Um, do you no. Need a, and if you need a refresher on what he's done since those, you can let no, me know. No, I, 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 I know, I mean, I, I didn't know what his or last anyone, movie was. Yeah. But, um, no, he didn't. Um, I mean, not as far as... Uh, not as far as you know being the next great horror director, which I think a lot of people thought he was going to be, um, including myself. I, I had him on like this like mental list. I might have even written down the list at some point of like guys I want to keep like watch their careers. Um, no, I mean he's had a successful career in terms of like he did a ton of Game of Thrones, right? Um, some of the better episodes. So I mean it's not the, the, like the guy hasn't been a success. It's just he hasn't lived up to that. Being one of the next great horror voices, no, um, and I think uh, I think it's a it's a it's a combination of things. I think probably Doomsday was the the first blow. I think to that he had a bit of a higher budget and uh, it was kind of a bigger movie. And I just it seemed like it was one of those things that he was like really wanted to do, like a passion thing. Yeah, and sometimes. <clears throat> Sometimes when uh, an up and coming director dives into that the passion project too early, it kind of and I could be wrong. It might not be a passion project, but it seen it had that vibe to me. Like it was. It's like also his, it's a, one of those kind of movies that's going for camp a lot yeah. of the time too. It's a great moment in it though, where they're eating people and fine young cannibals is playing in the background. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I had a ton of fun with Doomsday in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's also one of those things that was very much. It, I its tongue was planted in its cheek. It doesn't follow up on the promise. I think of that those first two movies. Yeah, you know, I it's, think he needed one or two more solid, straightforward like, horror stories. Stuff like the descent, because yeah, the descent to me is because dog soldiers is, can be silly at times too. That, but. and that's kind of what I was going with. The lair is like I don't want to knock it too much for some of the silly. Di- I've seen people knock it for the silly dialogue and stuff, but. Like, I don't know, Dog Soldiers is kind of Oh, it's cheesy goofy. There's a goofiness to it, yeah. As well. Yeah. I think The Descent is a pretty great straight-up horror. It's I so think, good. I think The Descent is a classic of that time. It's so good. Period. And I think it's his best movie still, by far. Yes, yes. So, no, I would say no, it did not. Sorry, Neil. I'm with you. I'm going to say no. I do... He did. He has done some TV work. Um, he did a little bit of Hannibal, yep. Centurion since then. The thing with Neil Marshall is, <laughs> when you throw that Carpenter font, out of your movies like he does he doesn't you're inviting some comparisons for sure um and that's kind of and honestly that kind of after those first couple of movies especially dog soldiers feels a little bit like a like an assault on precinct 13 absolutely and yeah and and the descent has some vibes of some of that carpenter stuff in terms of um because it's that's a siege movie too siege movie a team of people uh, yep, having team to overcome of professionals and then uh yep. and then it's got that ending that carpenter-esque ending that really 
Well, I guess depending on which version you're watching, but um, <laughs> yeah, really the Carpenter font shows up again in uh, the Lair. Um, oh no! So <laughs> it's obvious, but the Lair feels a little bit like Ghost of Mars Carpenter. That yeah. he's jumped right to late. We've, stage we've entered late stage Carp- late stage Marshall slash Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, he's done some Westworld. Yeah, I'm gonna say no, and I know it. I know this this segment might be a little mean, but hey, that's what it is. You mentioned him earlier. Let's move on. Eli Roth. Eli, uh, he's an interesting case to me because I actually like. Uh, I was gonna say I like him more than I used to. Like I was kind of annoyed because he got he was the most hype of hyped of these directors. And we mentioned a little yes. bit how and why, but he was like. I remember the hype for Eli Roth being like Quentin Tarantino levels of like. Well, he Tarantino was one of them, yeah. one of the people doing yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Eli Roth <laughs> as a person, as far as I can tell. He kind of <laughs> seems obnoxious to me. Well, I, maybe I would if I got to meet him, but I don't think I would. Um, but this is a tricky one, and I will say he did live up to the promise, and here's why. Um, I never liked Eli Roth's movies. Like, Cabin Fever is fun, and uh, but it never. I never loved Cabin Fever. I thought it was it was fun and it was a nice throwback to like that style of horror movie. Um, and the same goes for Hostel. Uh, I thought Hostel was a really strong, just absolutely balls to wall brutal movie. I never had the desire to watch Hostel more than the one or two times. Maybe I watched it twice. I can't even remember. Like, I think I only watched it once, and I was like, I'm good. Um, uh, Hostel 2, same thing. Um, so, but Eli Roth has continued to, like, whether it's behind the camera or just, like, as a, as a horror fi- film commentator in a lot of ways, he's, yes, he's maintained his position in horror i think and, and in your mind yeah he's yeah he's yeah. still a name in horror and and it's 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 like rob zombie too and i think he's on your list right he will rob. yes he'll be so yeah. like it's it's it is like rob where his stuff's never been my favorite anyway but like for fans of his stuff i think he's still people still love eli roth's stuff like green inferno was fun <laughs> He directed Knock Knock, which I think is a Holy modern shit. trash classic. He's, he's he's a genius. I, <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm looking at. I used to think I Knock think Knock kind of rules. Hostel Part Two. You and I both went in. We did an episode on Hostel Part Two, and we, we were both looking forward to it because in our heads, I think we both were like, "This is his best movie." And then we watched it, and we're like, eh, "It didn't hold up." No, it doesn't. Like we no. thought. Uh, There's one scene in Hostel Two that's like that's incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that's always been with him. Because there's there's I, I know, one in Green Inferno like there's one sequence in Green Inferno he, where I'm like oh my god it's like he has one great scene in his head and when he, he builds sits it around and like that's what because Cabin Fever has that scene in the bath it's got the Alzheimer scene yeah so yeah, the rest of it's kind of like there and but yeah. man like the stuff that sticks with you Rob's it's true Rob's like a uh, he's like a good WWE show yeah where like sometimes there's only one great thing there's like a good match <laughs> yes but man, the rest of it's kind of bad but man that was a good match but when it hits like it hits and it's that's true. that's Eli Rock for you but it's true i don't know knock knock is a blast knock knock might be my favorite movie of his knock knock is so funny (laughs) like it is it is and i can't like it it feels like such an homage to like 90 that like those like 90s steamy thrillers yes with like dangerous women right like fatal attraction or like basic instinct like those kind of movies yeah 
And I'm not even sure if that's what he was aiming for. <laughs> I, I don't... I can't tell with him. And that makes Knock Knock even funnier. That's that's the thing is like I think that's what makes it great. Like kind of trashy. Has he talked movie. like was this meant to be kind of trashy or was this like I th- I th- I'm sure it was to an extent, but I also think like there's something about Keanu who is always he's always towing that line in a lot of his movies where like where you're like is this a good performance? <laughs> I know. But there's such I a like Keanu, there's but... such a charm to him though. Yeah. Uh, and Believe me, Keanu's been legitimately great in oh, movies. Oh, absolutely! But he's one of the like most watchable actors, I think. Like, but when period. you get him in a movie like this, especially, go, is this good? You're like, what is what is he doing here? So you get that mixture of these things, and then you get you get the uh, yeah. Am I supposed to be laughing right now? Or the two, yeah, the two uh, the two female performances are very good at that as well. Yeah, uh, it is, and it has one of the funniest endings of all time. It's it was free fucking pizza. <laughs> All right, uh, he has met expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even I won't say exceeded, but he's met. Uh, yeah, I won't give uh, trying to see. And honestly, I like I've liked his history of horror stuff. Um, his Thanksgiving short on um, is my favorite of those trailers oh, from Death Proof. Uh, that might be one of the best things he's ever done. It's phenomenal. All right, we're not gonna. You know what? Let's just knock out Rob Zombie real quick. Rob, because you mentioned him earlier. He's another interesting one. Um, because. Yeah, House of the Thousand Corpses is what I'm thinking of. And I recently rewatched it. I always kind of have fun with it, but I'm like, this is not great. Mm-hmm. And it's always how I felt about it, which is that movie, if you remember, was in the can forever. Like, it was done. And then the hype behind that grew because mm-hmm. people were seeing it and talking about it. Well, and then the that was like, you know, the internet rumors were like, oh, this movie is banned. I remember that being a whole thing. It was like, oh, this movie, they won't release it in theaters. Yeah, it, they can't get the rating. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that, like, like even back then I was like, really? Um, and then once I saw it, I was like, no, that was not, that's not the case. They just, yeah, anyway, but. um, I did not like House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't like House of a Thousand Corpses. I think it kind of sucks. I'm sorry, fans. I'm not a fan of it. So you didn't like it at the time? No. Know, when it came out? No. Okay. I remember all the hype, and I was like jacked to go see it. And then me and my dad went and saw it, and we were both like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> like, the? like, there's some cool visual stuff going on, but that's like, nice. That's nice. A father-son bonding, though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of bonding we used to do, man. We'd we'd hit up those kind of movies. But um, I, and even like like just like that sucked. Yeah, we were both like that. This, that kind of sucked. <laughs> then we went and got some lunch, and we called yeah. it a day. Um, there's some cool visual stuff, and in, in but it's it's it's. It's just a fever dream music video of a movie, and it's not very good, like in my opinion. Um, you know, man, did Rob? I think Rob's kind of in the same boat with me for the Eli Roth thing. Like, I've never been Rob's never been my guy. I've I've admittedly never been a fan of his stuff. Uh, Devil's Rejects is certainly of the movies of his I've seen probably the one I think is the best. But even after rewatching Devil's Rejects, it's just so fucking oppressive that I like can't get into it. The first time I saw it, I remember being like, "Holy smokes!" Like, okay, Rob can tell a story and direct and like, and I still think that. But I just, I have no place in like, I have no room in my life for the kind of stuff that like that kind of. I just right. don't. It's just gross and I don't know. It's too much for me. Um, I liked Thirty One. Quite a bit. <laughs> That's my favorite movie of his since since Devils Rejects. Rejects. Yeah, I have not seen Three from Hell. So uh, Thirty One is better. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I kind of like Thirty One as well. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I'd say he lives up to he, he's lived up to it. Um, he Rob Zombie's career has been a lot like, um, 
it's interesting. He's. I feel like he's got a career that's similar to somebody else. Kevin Smith. It's a lot like it's been like Kevin Smith's like fast like in a, more of like a in a truncated form where like he put out like the indie darling thing like the one that, like indie darling for it for its audience you know certainly the, the audience was smaller for House of a Thousand Corpses than Clerks but you get the idea he put out that kind of with a ton of buzz low budget movie a ton of buzz and then he started releasing stuff that was like. Critics were a little mixed on it, but his audience was still very much into it. And then, you know, Rob went and did like a like the Halloween stuff and the Lords of Salem. And that kind of wound up being like Kevin Smith's like Jersey Girl Cop Out era. Right. Where like the fan even the fans were like, uh, I don't know. And then he went back to the well. And I don't even mean that in like a negative way. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. But like Smith went back to the View Askew stuff and Rob has gone back to the the Devil's Rejects. The Devil's Rejects. Same, all yeah. the same thing. So I feel like there's there's definitely a parallel there. I, I think for yeah for his fan base and I stuff. I think he's 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 lived up to the promise for for those that 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 like Rob. I yeah. So I'm gonna say he is. I've seen ex- the monsters though. I have seen the monsters and I will bring up the monsters because I didn't hate it, uh, but it's not good. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've talked a little bit about it here. It's it's his sweetest movie. It's like a love letter to his wife in some ways. Like it's a really sweet yeah. movie. It's just not very funny. Yeah. Rob, <laughs> Rob's movies can be funny, but not always in the way he like. He's not a sitcom writer. Rob is not like he's no. not going to write a monsters episode. No. The thing with Rob Zombie is I'm going to say he he's met my expectations from when from those first couple movies for some of the same reasons as you said I wasn't crazy about Hustle. I think I probably liked it a little bit more than you. Yeah. But I could convince myself that he's almost exceeded them because he has stayed so like he has a pretty consistent voice same kind of like he does yeah Eli Roth though like his has gotten lost a couple times like he did that Death Wish remake and I'm like this does not feel like Eli Roth no Rob even in something like the Munsters like you could feel it's a Rob Zombie Rob Zombie is making this movie so there's part of me that thinks like I could convince myself that he's exceeded my expectations because like he's stayed Rob Zombie pretty much through and through yes (laughs) and and you're right like there are certain there's certain stuff he's always wanted to make like he's always wanted to make um that uh Mark's Mark's Brothers movie Uh, yeah he always wanted to make a, a uh, on the last days of, I think Groucho Marx wasn't. Isn't there it? a baseball movie you wanted to make at one uh, point? Philly uh, Flyers hockey hockey. He wanted to, he wanted to make a movie about the seventies Flyers, but like he just can't. Like no one's going to hire him from that. So he's found a way to continue to say what he wants to say in yep. the genre of horror. So I'm going to say his met expectations, even though I'm not crazy about everything he's done. Sure, like he's continued on. I would agree with him with Met. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're going to cut that last segment I talked about before the show because we're running. But like this is I like this segment right now. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, about this next one here is Edgar Wright who oh Shaun gosh. of the Dead would have come out around this time he's this is one where he wasn't really lumped in with a splat pack but he had done stuff like no. spaced um and I know he hasn't worked in the horror genre throughout I get why he's on this list though yeah I understand why he's um Edgar's exceeded for me um and I think the reason why is my first introduction to Edgar Wright was my introduction to Edgar Wright was Shaun of the Dead, like a lot of people's. I did not watch Spaced, um, and I, I guess you know I loved Shaun of the Dead. I still think it holds up. I think it's very funny and very sweet and kind of nasty too, and I love that. Um, 
But I guess I didn't know what my expectations were for Edgar Wright because I didn't know what kind of filmmaker he was. Like, after I saw that movie, I went, what is he going to do? Like, is the zombie thing a one-off? Is he a comedy guy? Is he, like, what, 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 who is Edgar Wright? And, uh, um, after Shawnee did Hot Fuzz, which I liked, I don't love Hot Fuzz. I like Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is what, my brother and I love Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And I think it's because we're such big Bad Boys 2 fans. For sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I like Hot Fuzz. I don't love Hot Fuzz. And then what did he do after that? It was uh, Scott Pilgrim. So he did Scott Pilgrim. He also did, uh, I, I don't want you to forget this, he did another, he did my second favorite fake trailer in Grindhouse. He did Don't. Which is fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he did um, Scott Pilgrim. And I like Scott Pilgrim. The World's End. Then, I love The World's End. Yeah, Baby a Baby Driver. He did a documentary like, about the Sparks Brothers. I like Baby Driver. Baby Driver. And then most recently he did uh, Last Night in Soho. I've not seen that yet. I think you should watch that. I think you would like that. Okay, cool. I've heard it's kind of giallo-ish, right? Yes. Ish? Ish, yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, I won't say much more about it. I like to... I know there are some people in our Discord that weren't crazy about it, but I really... I think it's... I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll okay. talk about it. Yeah, you go ahead, sir. But uh, no, he's exceeded for me because he's proven he is a director that can dabble in so many different genres and still maintain what I think is a pretty consistent voice throughout most of his movies feel like they, even without Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, do feel like Edgar Wright movies. Like even like Baby Driver feels like an Edgar Wright movie to me. I I felt his voice coming through in that movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's exceeded. He's done way more than I ever would have anticipated when Sean came out. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, some of his talent visually is evident in Sean of yeah. the Dead, but I think it really, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for me is where it really explodes. He's um, kind of great too. I'm yeah, just, I, I know why people think it's annoying or whatever because it's got kind of a, it's got a following that I think can sometimes be maybe. Yes, and the, Michael Sarah around the time was getting some flack. I like Michael Sarah quite a bit. Me too. Um, and honestly, it is made for, it's not, it's not a movie for everybody. It's a cult movie. Yeah. Um, I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That might be the movie I, have seen the most like I I lived in Chicago at the time and I went and saw that movie in theaters like three or four times like oh, yeah. I loved it um, yeah. and I loved watching it in the theater because of the visuals and then I haven't seen it in a long time and then the uh, the Black Sheep song by Metric um, the performance by Brie Larson came on like YouTube oh and I clicked on it and I'm like I got sucked into it again I'm like oh I gotta watch this movie again yeah, it's a sweet movie I am I'm with you I think he has exceeded my expectations yeah I I liked Shaun of the Dead when mm-hmm. it came out but if I'm going to place myself in my shoes around that time, I probably would have been more excited about like what's Rob Zombie got cooking. Um, and I like Shaun of the Dead quite a bit, but like it felt like I'm like eh, this is a, this is like a parody. It's like a Dawn of the Dead parody. Yeah. Um, it does. It, Shaun of the Dead hit me as I got older. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a movie that I think yeah stayed with me. And ever since then, he's dabbled. In I, World's End is kind of like a body snatcher style. I would, World's End has some horror sci-fi stuff. Yes, uh, for sure. And then, of course, I my understanding is last night. Last in Soho night in Soho is, is another one, but I would say with last night in Soho, that is, I think that's a very mature movie. Without giving too much away, I think it captures that era yeah. uh, really well. Uh, it's gorgeous to look at, um, and I think it's, I think it's really, I, I said it a lot of ways. It's kind of like a, a movie about reckoning with your heroes being shitty and like the people mm. in your head. Um, that you've built up to be that you've built up to be something else in your head from when you were young, being kind of 
gross and okay. shitty. Um, and it it's kind of it kind of wrestles with that. I thought it was a really mature smart movie. I think it's his best movie. Um, oh. but it's it might not be my favorite. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. No, I got you though. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah I've never disliked the movie. I'm gonna say exceeded. All right. Yes. Oh boy, here's a big one. We've got a we've got a we're halfway through. I think we got a big one here. Mm. Zack Snyder, who directed oh Dawn of the Dead 04. God, that's a weird one, man. He's had a he's had a interesting career. Zach has exceeded my expectations. Okay, and do you think it's because I'm not I'm not I'm and I'm not saying that I've liked I have not liked most of Zack Snyder's work. If I'm being completely honest, I've liked less than I have liked. However, I as much as I enjoy the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I still think it's a ton of fun. I never would have guessed that he would have gone on to be the director he is. So he's exceeded whatever expectations I had for him. And I, and, I, and you are you love Dawn of the Dead, so like he exceeded your expectations with that movie. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. I was already yeah, I was already like, oh, Zack Snyder. All right, cool. Like, like he's earned my respect. And uh, what did he do right after Dawn? Was it three hundred? I think it was three hundred. I'm pulling up his filmography. Three hundred right kind of rules. Uh, can I just mention? I hate the new IMDb so much. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, you've got to like. Filter it's to stuff. It's awful. All right, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna run through his filmography yeah. for you. Three hundred rules. Yeah, I think I think three hundreds. Visually, it's gorgeous. Yeah. So he did Dawn, three hundred, Watchmen, Sucker Punch. You know what? I I'll say it. I don't mind Watchmen. Um, I know a lot of people like don't like that movie, but I actually think it's not like not a terrible. Watchmen is a weird property for me, where it yeah. is. It's like the one thing, and I'm not like even the comic. Like the comic, I'm not. Like, I lo- really, really like the comic, but the only time Watchmen, and I'm including the TV show, for me, like, the only time it's ever worked for me is in comic form. Like, I just, it's one of those, like, Well, that's strict, what, that's, I mean, that's, it's the Alan, Alan Moore would be ar- so proud of you. <laughs> it's his argument. For saying that. And, well, we were going to talk a little bit, we'll talk about James Gunn here in a little bit, because I got him on the list too, but um, he's going to do Swamp Thing, and, like, I'm betting James Gunn really likes the Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are issues of that comic that are... Like some of, uh, like the great comic book issues, especially with Swamp Thing, and I'm like, you can't translate this stuff. Yeah, it this works, and this is what makes comics beautiful. Uh, and so it's what makes every art uh, medium beautiful. There are certain stories that are told in a certain way for a certain medium that can't just can't be properly told. Right. By and that's another. How, how always sorry. So I get it. I'm with you. Yeah, but I, I I actually think that what <laughs> I'm going to defend Snyder on the Watchmen thing a little bit because I actually think what he did from like a style perspective. And a storytelling perspective, actually winds up making Watchmen the movie kind of ape superhero movies in the same way that Alan Moore is playing with superhero comics. Okay, Snyder's doing it from a movie perspective, whereas Moore was doing it from comic books. Like the his design for his characters, his this this just the the story beats of Watchmen feel very comic booky. The Snyder version of that story is feels very superhero movie to me. Yeah. So it kind of works for me. Like, I don't love the movie, but I do think it's better than a lot of people give it credit for. And Jekyll Haley as Rorschach's like... That's... he's Yeah. My God. Actually, Patrick Wilson's really good as Night Owl, too. Uh, the, yeah, the performances of that movie yeah. are all... I think it's a better movie than people give it credit for. I It's I, been a while since I've sat down I and watched it. I advise people to rewatch because I think it's better than, than, than a lot of people might remember. There is like a longer version, too, which I would never normally suggest, but it actually is better. Um. Anyway, what's after Watchmen for old Zach? Okay, so he did. I 
Um, oh, he did the Owls movie, The Owls of Gahul. Never saw it. Uh, Sucker Punch. Didn't like it. Man of Steel. Visually beautiful. Didn't like Man this of Steel. This is when he, we start to get into his DC stuff, which, mm-hmm. yeah, Batman and Super Batman versus Superman. Ah, uh, you lose me. Yeah, once he Justice, gets into- uh, Justice League is kind of... I don't even know whose movie oh, that is. Oh, uh, Zack Snyder's. And then Army of the Dead was his last one. So he kind of, he's come back to the horror genre. Army of the Dead was okay. We watched that. Army of the Dead is okay. bloated. It's got that Netflix bloat to it, yeah. I think. But it, it was okay. I Army of the Dead's I had my, fun with it. It's my favorite thing in a long time from him. Yeah. Um, no, he's exceeded. Uh, once again, like I said, I never would have thought the guy who directed, even though I quite enjoyed the Dawn remake, I never would have thought that guy would wind up being the guy who directed the first big screen Batman and Superman movie. I just never would have guessed it. Right. So there you have it. And I would never have, have guessed the guy who took over. I remember how controversial that Dawn of the Dead remake was amongst oh God, fans. Yeah. Like Myself included. For those, yeah, for those not around the internet at the time, I can't think of a modern day equivalent to something like we this. We hated that guy before we, we even knew him. Yes. Again, we hated James Gunn as well. And uh, look at the both of them. <laughs> look at the both of them now. But for him to inspire such a uh, a fervent fan base uh, now, looking back at where he was in 2004, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Met. Well, so it's tough. So I see what you're saying with Exceeded, but now my personal taste is coming into play, and I just haven't liked a lot of his stuff since uh, a lot of his work since then. I'm with you. I like 300, uh, but since then I've been really mixed at best on a lot of the stuff he's done. Um, until Army, which I quite liked. I'm going to say he, for my own personal expectations, he's met them. But I, I understand your point because, it, yeah, in a way he has become one of the more powerful people in Hollywood. Yeah. And I would not have expected that from him. No. I never would have guessed he would have had the fam like hit I mean it might be mostly bots but like it, I mean I've never seen like a for better or worse I'd never seen a more devoted following to a director I don't think in like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the last time. Anyway. Uh so we got yeah, three more here. This one we're going to stay in the DC verse. Oh, uh, okay. and we're going to talk about James Wan. Wan, yeah, okay. So Wan would have been James Wan. I'm trying to get his. I'm going to pull his fig, filmography up real quick for you. Yeah, I'm going to need a ref. I mean, I I know his movies, but God, this is a weird one, though, dude. This is the hardest one. So because he would have started in the mid 2000s, which is what I pulled from with Saw. Well, Saw would have been his first, and then you know, um, I think he goes right Dead Silence. Does he, he goes right into Dead Silence and right? then Death Sentence. So here's the thing with Wad, and I'm going to... It's such a weird filmography. Yeah, I'm going to go... He's exceeded my expectations personally because there is stuff of his um, that I I seriously like. I absolutely love a couple of his movies. Um, And we talked a little bit about him before, but but the thing is, what's weird about him is Oh, I just watched Death Sentence a couple weeks ago. Death Sentence rules. Oh my god! It's oh it's my like god. a revelation. It's like, awesome. It's so much better than I than I like. I I liked it back then, but it's like even better. Than, yeah. So like people need to revisit Death Sentence. There is stuff on here on I love. Um, and the Conjuring movies. I which I, ones did you direct though? Okay, so the first I'm going to go right? through. Yeah, you, we'll, you got to help me when we get into the Conjuring and Insidious stuff. I need help because Saw directed, Dead Silence directed, Death Sentence directed, Insidious. One directed, okay. Conjuring one directed, Insidious Chapter two he directed. Okay, then he went to Furious seven, then he went to Conjuring two, then Aquaman, and then oh my god, I wish I like Malignant is his last movie. I wish I could, uh, and then he's produced a lot of stuff as well. That's I the still thing haven't seen Malignant. It. 
he's created his own horror universe. Like he's the most like he might be the most powerful guy in horror right now, right? Um yeah, probably. Um I think I think the only person who has more like maybe power to like get something greenlit without even like having the studio look at it would be Peel. Just because yeah. like I think like I, I I mean one I think would still have to pitch something. I like Peel, I feel like it would just be like I got a new script, who wants it? Uh, good point, yeah. That's the only thing I would say. But from a power per- from like a uh I mean James Wan certainly he has like a whole empire under him at this point. It feels like he's got a whole like he's created a conjuring universe. He's he's uh, he's, he's been involved like, in the Fast and the Furious thing. Fast and Furious DC. He's like with Warner Brothers. He's pretty. I mean, he's a pretty go to guy with Warner. Oh, he Brothers. did Aquaman too. Yeah, he's got Aquaman two coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yes, Megan. <laughs> he's a producer on Megan, right? Which yeah. is killing it. Killing uh, it. Uh, exceeded. Yeah. Now that we've talked about it, it's exceeded. Um, I think both conjuring the first two conjuring movies are phenomenal. Um, I think Insidious one is pretty good. I think Insidious two like rules. I'm with you. Yeah, it's um, weird. That, like the Conjuring and the Insidious movies, I like the sequels. The better. sequels better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Death Sentence is the shit. Death Death Sentence kind of sucks. Um, it's it's a sophomore effort. Feels very sophomore effort. It feels like honestly, I think it's kind of unnecessary <laughs> because like Saw was such a like a Saw Saw is like a ass. Saw is like a new metal like a. Like a hardcore, like a new metal, and he lightens up too much. And then, like Dead Silence is kind of like a correction. Dead Silence, he's trying to make a throwback to a lot of um, old school horror, kind of hammery stuff. Yeah, he um, it's like when the yeah, it's like when the when the super when like the metal band, the new metal band came out with like a just a record that like kicked ass, and then their sophomore thing came out and they added too many melodies. Yeah, everybody's like, yeah, they pussed out. (laughs) That's kind of what Dead Silence (laughs) feels like. Um. But yeah, Juan, Juan's cool. Aqu- I, Aquaman's good too. He performed a miracle with Furious Seven too, if you recall. I don't time. understand how they pull it together because like I don't even. It's one of the lesser Fast and Furious movies, but the fact that it even is like watchable with all the crap that went on in that it's movie, crazy. yeah, it kind of ends up being t- kind of a touching movie. It is. End. I honestly, it yeah, it. I don't think it's a great movie by any means, and I think no. it's yeah, like I said, one of the lesser ones. But like it is at the end of it, like it, it hits what it needs to hit, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, two more here. This one is uh, so he would have. I'm trying to. Where did I pull this? Because I'm trying to remember. I've got. Scott, I got see malignant. I that's. Oh, I was gonna say. I wish like. Do the, you like malignant? Malignant. I. It was my favorite movie of a couple years ago. Like period. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to say a thing about it. I wish. I wish they had a DVD of it. Um, uh, so I could just let you borrow it because it is. You would love it. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I wonder what, what, what it's streaming on. Probably it's on. HBO. It's. Well, who knows? Half the time they take stuff off of there, but I think HBO. Um. But I want it on like Blu-ray, and I want like a, I want like a Scream Factory. Damn, that's high praise. Yeah, uh, Blu-ray right. that because I seriously, uh, and anybody I know who I have told to watch it, I think I think Nick is a big Malignant fan as well. Um, I finally got to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, so this I pulled. When was the Exorcism of uh, Emily Rose? Scott Derrickson is my next. Director. Derrickson, oh man, because we're getting we're getting out of the splat pack right now. God, all these guys got sucked into superheroes. Yeah, stuff. Emily. Uh, Exorcism, he had done Hellraiser Inferno before this, of course. Yeah. Um, but like Exorcism, Emily Rose would have been 2005. So he's kind of borderline. I, there wasn't like a ton of hype around Scott Derrickson. I have him on here just because. Um, You know, it makes sense to have him in, in the list. Um, I recently directed The Black Phone, I should say, and Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange. Derrickson's, oh, it's weird. I, I don't even know 
how I feel about it. It's like Inferno's fine. Like Inferno's a, a, certainly a, a one of the better Hellraiser movies, which is not saying a ton, but it's still kind of an unenjoyable movie overall. I like that um, movie. Yeah. I don't love Sinister. If I'm being honest. So here's his. There's that really good bit where like Ethan Hawke watches the. The snuff film of the guy running over somebody with a lawnmower. He and Hawk would work well together. I'm with you on Sinister. Like there are moments in it, and I get why it has its fans base. Yeah, but I I'm, I get kind of bored. Yeah, a lot of his early stuff. So like here's yeah Inferno, Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm. The Day the Earth Still Still remake, which is honestly one of the more boring movies I've ever seen. The Keanu one. Yeah, he directed that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Sinister, Deliver Us from Evil. Doctor Strange. And Which then one is Deliver Us from Evil? So is, is that, that the Eric Bana one? That's the one with Eric Bana, and I think uh, I thought maybe Nikki lent me the book here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say he exceeded my expectations just because now that I think about it, like I probably didn't have much of any expectations. And I will say this for him: I think he has improved, like as he's gone further into his career. Like I think he's gotten better as a director. I'll go ahead and say it exceeded as well, and I. But I, I will state with the caveat that I, 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 I've never been like that in love with his early stuff. Like I, I think I understand why he has the fan base it does, but I, it's not like I'm. My expectations are like crazy for it, you know. Like I'll be honest, like even though I like Inferno, my expectations for the director of Hellraiser Inferno were never going to be overly high. Right. Um, I, I remember Exorcism of Emily Rose having some buzz at the time. But I, I don't. I've never liked that movie. Yeah, it, we we no. watched that out here, and we. I was like, I really it wanted. Still to. doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work for me either. Uh-uh. Oh well. But All yeah, right, he's done well for himself. So here is the final one, and this is another. Uh, this is another interesting one because, so I kind of cheated here a little bit, but I'm I'm including his writing work, which would have been um. He was the writer for Tromeo and Juliet, of course, and also ah. uh, also the Dawn of the Dead remake, and also Scooby-Doo. Um, I love that Scooby-Doo movie, that uh, first one. Yeah, James uh, James Gunn. James so Gunn. So Slither would have been his first movie as a director, which was 2006, so I kind of cheated with the mid-2000s things. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it, I, I remember him getting some buzz, too, for, yeah, the honestly, I remember him being around for Scooby-Doo because people were mad that the director, Raja Gusnell, of the Scooby-Doo movie kind of changed some of the edgier aspects of James Gunn's script. Yeah, 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 for at sure. At the time. And then the Dawn remake, and I still think that is a good marriage between writer and director. Yes. There, because I think I think they balance each other out. I think Snyder were, is at his best when he's got a strong writer. Yeah. Either working with him or having written the script ahead of time. So... So mm-hmm. yeah, since then he Slither in two thousand six, Super in two thousand ten, Guardians one and two, the Suicide Squad, and of course like he's done the Peacemaker as well. And the Guardians holiday uh, yeah. special. So but he's gone beyond that in a lot of ways too. Um he's done, uh, he's written a novel. Um he's done some stuff like PG Porn. Do you remember PG Porn? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's really good. Did he direct Bright? Or did he just He write produced it? Bright, yeah. He was a, yeah. That you ever was, see Bright? Or Brightburn. Brightburn. Brightburn, Brightburn, yeah. Oh, Bright is the Will Smith movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Bright, the Will Smith movie. I've seen Brightburn. Brightburn, I liked. But I liked it too. Yeah, I, I didn't love it. Did you catch that that sets up a shared universe thing? <laughs> okay, I thought so. Anyway, um, I'm actually a big super fan, and I think it has some elements that are horror-ish. It definitely... I did not like super the first time I saw it. Yeah. 
and I think it's because I went into it having no idea what to expect, and I was like, what if, what if, what is this? <laughs> I've rewatched it, and I love it. Slither's one of my favorite movies of it's phenomenal that that of the two thousands. Like I love Slither. Slither is a throwback done right. Yeah. Oh no, he's exceeded. I think anybody who can anybody who tries to say that James Gunn hasn't exceeded expectations, I think, is kind of lying to themselves. Or this maybe is, doesn't like James Gunn because of certain recent yeah his events. It's funny um, he um he still got a little bit of that in him where I kind of cringe and it's not even because i disagree with him he said something yesterday and i was reading a hollywood he's too online he's too online and he's also like even in the hollywood reporter article i was reading they called him out like they're like he sounds like a writer you like there was an anonymous like higher up because he bashed like the people before him at warner brothers and like for how they handled Cavill, and I read it. I'm like, he's right, but I'm sitting here going, like, you can't say these things. Like, you can't, like, you can't burn these bridges in Hollywood. So, like, he's still got a little bit of that in him. Where I'm like, Jay's like, funny. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you got to learn how to play the game a little bit. He's, uh, you know, it makes me wonder how some of this DC stuff is going to turn out for him because now he's an executive. Like, he's a higher up, and he's a writer. Well, this he- is this is this is make or break for. For his career, in a lot of ways, yeah. I think I, this is a bold, this is a gamble, you know. And I, I, I get why he he took the gamble, but I'm gonna he did s- Peacemaker, yeah, and Peacemaker was very well received, I think, pretty much by everybody I've certainly interacted with. But Suicide Squad was kind of mixed from most of the people. I so it's not like he. Launched out of the park, right out of the, you know, way out of the gate with the DC stuff. I hope he, I hope it works out good for him. I really do. I would not have expected him to be in charge of a. It's a lot comic book universe back in the day. No, I w- I'll say this: his and this is going to sound mean, and I actually don't mean it to be because I respect a lot of what Kevin Smith has done. Yeah, um, and I think it is only he's continued to do his own thing too, which I think is really cool. But when I was like when I was young. And back in the 2000s, this career that James Gunn has had is kind of what I thought like Kevin Smith would be. Yeah, uh, I thought Kevin Smith would be in charge of like if if DC I knew there were going to be a bunch of DC or Marvel movies, I would have been like, oh, Kevin Smith will do one of those. Like he's perfect for that. Joss Whedon and Kevin Smith would have been the two. Those I two guys, yeah. And yep, uh, I, I definitely would have because I would probably have even known James Gunn at the time. But like, like to see, but like this. He has done it, and yeah. he's done it through a lot of hard work and a lot of good work too. So. Oh, absolutely! No, I yeah, and I, I know a lot of people aren't nuts about Gunn even before all this DC stuff started, and I get it. You know, he's not he's not for everybody, and uh, he can be a voice that can sometimes be a lot, a bit abrasive at times. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, and I've complained about, not complained about, but I've I've criticized certain filmmakers that we've already we've already talked about for their voices just feeling kind of grating to me. You know, I think like Eli Roth sometimes can be that way for me and so can Rob Zombie sometimes. And so it's just, it's just a taste thing. Yeah. I understand why some people are kind of like over James Gunn or don't like his stuff, but um, I do. So I was say, he, he's a filmmaker that I have continued to connect with like throughout, like for me, like I have, yeah, like always I always liked his stuff. I like, and I can only speak for like our group of friends that we've talked to and stuff. Like, I remember Guardians two getting a little bit like a fair amount of flack from the people that I, you know, talked to about it after mm-hmm. the fact. Um, and I remember like I just I've always been like I fucking love Guardians two. Like, 
I'm gonna say something that may. It's kind of phenomenal. Like, it, I think it might be better than one. Guardians Two is the last movie, a last form of entertainment. And this might say more about me, honestly, because I see people like posting in the uh, Discord, the Alex's Tears Discord. Shout out yeah. to to the to the criers. I'm not much of a crier. In, when it comes to forms of enter, like entertainment, yes, like movies and stuff, the end of Guardians Two like got me. Like I, oh yeah, <laughs> like, for whatever it was, like it all hit me, and it still does when the Cat Stevens song Dude. kicks in. And yeah, like look out, like. <laughs> so the last time I saw, I I watched that movie beginning to end. Um, no, no, not the last time, but I saw it in the theater. And it totally hit me like you were saying, like that ending hit hit me, just where it counted. And, and uh, I remember sitting, I was sitting in the in the hospital room. It was the day after Josie was a day old. Yeah. And Nikki finally had got, was getting some shut eye, right? And I was holding Josie, and she was falling asleep. And I was in a rocking chair in the in the delivery room. I was like, Nikki, gets, I said, I'll hold Josie and let her crash for a bit. And I was like super bored and looking for something to do. So I pulled up Netflix on my phone and I was like, oh, sweet. They just dropped, they dropped, uh, like that day they dropped uh, Civil War, Doctor Strange and Guardians 2 on Netflix. And it was like, those were like the three newest ones that were, that were, you know, had come out or whatever. And um, so I remember, like, I remember like seriously, the, the I always said the first movie I ever watched with Josie was Guardians 2 cuz she like was like kind of awake during it. She yeah. doesn't remember it obviously, but but uh but I remember that Cat Stevens song hitting and mind you, you know, it, the song's called Father and Son, but still it hit again cuz I'm like, "Oh, I got my kid here with me and I'm watching some Guardians 2." It was nice. <laughs> yeah. I recently watched in the last 2 weeks uh Everything Everywhere All at Once and still have to see it. The Last of Us episode three, which people have been talking, both of those things, people are like, I've been crying the whole time. I watched them, I'm like, this is very good. But I was stone-faced the entire time through both of them. <laughs> and like, I felt bad about it. I'm like, what's not working? Am I not human? Like, I've seen everything all at once. You would love it. Um, oh, I've heard it's great. Uh, yeah. it's, it's terrific. I really did like it. But I'm like, this didn't make me cry. I just thought it was a nice, sweet movie. <laughs> um, but you you hit me with... Uh, he may have been your father, boy, but I'm your daddy. I mean, you're like, ah! <laughs> just waterworks. It's embarrassing. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you hit me with Eddie Yondu, my favorite character. Oh, and then Stallone, Stallone shooting the fireworks. <laughs> beautiful. I'm done. I'm it's done. Beautiful. It kills me. So God. there you go. Love it. Um, what, a, what a way to close this out. Yeah, that was fun. Um, perfect. We will, yeah, we'll figure something out for next time. Yes. Um, where could the people reach us, Willie? Horror you movie yearbook at gmail.com. For mailbank H- questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know that? Hey, you want to know what movie it was? <laughs> I'll tell you. Is, is it a movie you a movie you also cried during? <laughs> no. No. I'll give you a hint. Okay. I'll, no, I'll just tell you off air. I'm not giving you guys yeah. any hints. If you want to know, send us a nice email. And include that question. Um, Yeah. We're on Twitter at HM Yearbook, Facebook, Instagram, all those good things. Thank you guys for joining us. Next time we'll do something. We don't know what we're doing. Um, we're winging it. Uh, we might talk about a movie. We might uh, chit-chat some more about just horror stuff. Um, we'll, you'll know when we know. You'll know when you listen to it. <laughs> yes. Enjoy. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.